along here. Let's pray. We'll get started. Lord, we thank you so much for um, this time together, this, uh, this church, this community, these people. God, and we pray that you would uh, speak to us from your word. Fill us with your spirit, God, that you would speak and you give us ears to hear and eyes to see what you're trying to show us, what you're trying to tell us, what you're trying to teach us. God, that we would be um, moldable clay in your hands, that we would be... Um, just willing to, to do what you've called us to do and, and act on that. So, Lord, we pray that you would just go before us this morning. We pray that you just bless each person for being here. We thank you for each person here. Pray that you're glorified and honored in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Um, this is a, an interesting section always for a pastor, I think for me, especially if you're a visitor, this is not, was not planned, uh, except for the, the Lord did that. <laughs> and it's in the Bible. This is part of going through the Bible. You go through all of it, but it's cool. Cause it's a blessing. Um, I think it's kind of got like a little bit of a weird, uh, thing over it, uh, because it's been abused and the, uh, subject is giving. Um, and sometimes you think, oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get into that or I don't want to do that. And we're not doing a series on it, although the next two chapters are on it. Uh, but we're really, if we aren't doing what, like looking at the way God said, then we're missing out on the blessings. And we're actually going to see that the blessings of being a giver. Um, and we'll take a second offering at the end because um, just to give an opportunity to seal the deal. That's a joke, okay? And uh, if you know, we don't ask for like like money and be like, oh, you know, and I'm not wearing like, these might have holes. I don't know, but they're not, not on purpose. That, that's on purpose. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But we, it's, it's not about that. It is about being faithful and it is about experiencing closeness with God in every way, being willing to serve in every way, being willing to um, honor him in every way, to show where our treasure lies in every way. So uh, Paul is going to be talking to the Corinthians about giving and encouraging them to do it. Uh, We know that they kind of were a little bit stingy, although they were affluent. This was an area that had a lot of money. And so Paul's like, kind of like, why is it like this with you guys? Why are you doing this? We know that they're very, they've been self-centered. Um, it's been pretty obvious. They've been all about themselves. But he's going to use uh, another group of churches from Macedonia as, as an example. And the churches in Macedonia, a much poorer area, have completely outgiven the Corinthians. And it's to their shame. And so Paul's just kind of... In, in the light of wholeness, that's what he's trying to get the, the Corinthians to understand. Like, I want you guys to be who you're supposed to be in Christ. So let's look at that now. Verse 1. Moreover, brethren, when we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. Um. Paul is talking about their, so Macedonia is to the north, the north of Greece, basically. And, and churches that were in Macedonia was like the region. It was like Macedonia, KI was where uh, Corinth was. But in Macedonia, the northern region there was uh, churches like Philippi. Um, so the Philippian church, Thessalonian church, and the Berean church. Uh, 
churches that were established and, and really, I love Philippians. It's like a great book, super fun uh, to see. But he's talking about those churches and more that have, although they've been in deep poverty, they've abounded in the riches of the, their liberality. They've been able to give even though they're broke. Um, and this is not a call to like, whatever you have, just lay it down. No, that's not what the call is. It's, the, it's really, we're going to see, it's all about the heart, right? Because if, if you don't have the heart right, then the action doesn't mean anything. And it's actually more likely to produce bitterness. And so if you're just giving because you're like, oh, I guess I'm just supposed to do this, and I'm, but I just hate that it happens. Like, you're going to find a way to be super bitter, period. So just maybe just don't. And God has enough riches. He can take care of it. Thank you, but don't do it like that. It's all about being a cheerful giver and being doing it with joy. So Corinth was a renowned area for wealth. Again, Macedonia, it says they were in deep poverty. They were in great trial of affliction, but the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of the liberality. They were able to have joy in the midst of trials. They were able to have joy in the midst of poverty. And so they were able to see things. This, this all comes from relationship with Jesus. Their eyes were on Jesus. Even in the midst of all these circumstances and trials, they were, their hearts were set on him. So the whole like giving didn't really mean a lot to them. That being said, it probably wasn't a giant amount. It's about the heart again, right? We have the, the, the widow's mites, right? The two mites. And it's, that's not much money at all to some, but if that's all you have, then it is a lot, right? You know? So it's like, if, if you've, you've got it, no problem. If you don't, if that's all you have, then it is everything. So someone who can give a million dollars and they could afford to give like four, then that is not as much as a widow giving two pennies and that's all she has. Get it? And so the idea of the church in Macedonia is like they were doing it from the heart because God was telling them to do it. And what it was produced out of and what was produced from it was joy. This is the idea. You get joy. If you find yourself when you do give, you, you have joy in doing it. That's a great place to be, right? And that's something that, because it's serving, really, in one way, it's serving. Um, a lot of people go and they do mission trips, or a lot of people go and they want to serve or this way, that way, help support this or do that. Financially is a way to literally serve. And so that's kind of there. So their eyes were on Jesus, and that's why they were able to do what they were doing. Verse 3, for I bear witness that according to their ability, yes... And beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. This would be like kind of like if we forgot to do like the song and pray and do like the um, pass around the, you know, the bag. <laughs> Somebody being like, you forgot the bag. You forgot it. And they're running it down like, no, and they're throwing it in. Take this. How many of us would be like, okay, the bag didn't come around. Lord said he's good this week. Like we're set, you know? So I'm just going to take this and put it back and do something else with it, right? But this church, they weren't like that. They were like with urgency, like, please take this. Please, we want to give this to you. We want to hear. They were freely willing beyond to their ability and beyond their ability. Meaning it was like kind of out there a little bit. I, again, I don't, I remember hearing this message a long time ago and I, I agree. 
don't just give over the top just to do it and be like, well, okay, all I have is this much. Here's all of it. I guess. All right, God, you know, it's what God puts and purposes in your heart. And really the idea of giving is, as we saw actually in first Corinthians chapter 16, it's to be planned and thought through and, and, and diligent. It's, it's worship. We do this. And we do it in a certain way and we know what we're doing. And it's not out of compulsion or out of uh, guilt or because the last song was really spiritual and the lights dimmed down. And I swear I heard a voice, you know, like cause someone's whispering. Now's the time. Pull out the checkbook. Another zero, another zero, another zero. Or we pull up a, a thing that has a picture, you know, of, of a new building that, is the vision and, you know, and it's only like this much full of red, you know, or green. Let's just keep on moving that up guys. You know, let's keep on doing it. No, it's, it's not about that. It's about between you and the Lord. That's why I honestly, I try my very best to not know who gives anything at all. I don't know. So if you've been giving and and you, you've been giving a lot and I haven't been treating you differently. I'm sorry. That's between you and God. Okay. And if you haven't been giving it all and you're looking at me and you're like, he knows, I don't know. Okay. So everybody chill out and we'll all just be between us and God. And here's the cool thing. This church is giving. We are here. We pay our bills. Like God has been so gracious to us. So thank you. I'm not, I'm preaching to the choir in a sense, but there's a word here for all of us. Right. And, and if not, even if you are giving to remember why you do it and, and to experience in the joy of doing it. Right. So they were giving, uh, in their ability. Yes. Beyond their ability. And they're freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive. They imploring, please take this, receive the gift. Listen, and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. They got it. Remember, so the reason Paul's taking this is it's not for like Paul's personal jet fund. You know, you guys, I've been doing a lot of missionary traveling. I need a jet, you know, or the golden chariot. That Paul's going to be taking from town to town, you know, with his rings hanging, you know, come kiss the ring. Uh, oh, do you know Jesus? You know, it was a, it, it was a collection. We know this from first uh, Corinthians chapter 16 for the, the church in Jerusalem where it had all started and they needed help. And so this poor church in Macedonia was like, we, please, you've got to take our money because we want to be part of the fellowship of blessing others. And that's kind of like an interesting twist. Like, cause it's not about, it's not about you in the sense of like, okay, fine, God, I'll do it. It's like, I want my money involved in what's going on. I want to be part of it. I want to be involved. I want to uh, have an investment, spiritual investment, eternity. So that's what they want. They wanted it to, to receive the gift and the fellowship of ministering to the saints. Isn't that cool? Like they're like, please, please. We want to be a part of blessing them. We want our this on our account and not, not just for our account. And sometimes we think, okay, well, let's just build up all the stock for heaven. We get to experience a lot of it on earth to know that you're helping someone or providing for someone or giving to someone when they're in need is, is a blessing on its own. 
especially because you're looking at like who who's responsible for us even being Christians. What about our spiritual growth? Like it all was born out of Jerusalem. So they're giving uh, value to their heritage and saying, you guys brought us here. We're going to bring you to, we're, we want to help. It's our turn to help you. Okay. And not only uh, verse five, not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. There's the key. They first gave themselves to the Lord. Yeah, there's like the, like, okay, so how much do you give? The whole idea of tithing, it's like an Old Testament thing, right? And it's ten, it was 10%. There's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's like a pretty solid thing, you know? But really, New Testament, it's the, what we see as principles of giving is that it's got to be done out of joy, and God kind of sets it and puts it in your heart. That's where it is, right? And so some, it's some more, some, it's less, wherever it's where you're at, you know, but it all comes down to between you and the Lord. If we mandate, if, if you make it a mandate, you're like, everybody, 10% is listening to a commentary. He's like, that's called taxation. That is not, that's not giving. That's called taxation. All right. 10%, you're a member 10%, you know, let's start bringing it's, that's not what it is. It ultimately goes between you and the Lord. And, and you might go, well, then we can't really control that. You were never supposed to control it. It was never supposed to be something you controlled. God is wild. God is real. Our whole point and purpose as a church is to get you connected with God. And so then you're spending time with him. He figures out the rest. He takes care of the rest. That's between you and him. And it's got to stay between you and him. And as he moves and as we're faithful, but we definitely have a part in it, Right? As we're faithful to do with the things he's called us to do, he does stuff. He makes it really awesome. It's the idea of um, we used to do uh, cupcake fundraisers and stuff for youth group, bake sales. You don't say a dollar. You say donation. Some people take it for free. Some people say, I love the fact you guys are doing this. Here's 20 bucks, right? Because you just give people an opportunity. It's not about the cupcake. It's about helping kids go to camp, Right? And so you give the opportunity, give something or give nothing, whatever you want. You can eat a bunch of cupcakes. It doesn't really matter. You're not really keeping track of what's going in. You just know at the end, you made more than a dollar a cupcake probably. You know, that's because God moved on their hearts. And anyway, it's not manipulation because it's between him and, and, and you. So that was them. The first they went to God, then they came to them. They, they, they gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. They followed through and by the will of God, it manifested in material, actual print, like ministry. Verse six. So we urge Titus that as he had begun, so he would also would complete this grace in you as well. But as you abound in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge and all diligence and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. It's also interesting that he calls it this grace. This opportunity calls it this grace. Uh, to be able to do this is this grace. What do we know about grace? We are receivers of grace and then we are givers of grace. Is there anyone in here that, that doesn't, I mean, do you recognize that where you're at is, is a, a grace? Because without the physical ability to do what you do, if the sun doesn't rise ever again, it's over, right? There's like this, there's a, if you, you stop breathing, 
you're done. You know, if you have a stroke, whatever it is, going through something, we're all, we all, we, as much as you say, I'm a self-made man. Well, in the ability that you had the ability to be a self-made man. So you're not really a self-made man because none of us can keep our heart pumping more than it will on it. You can't do it. I can't do it. I can't will myself out of it. So there's like this grace that's been given. There's this grace that's received. And it's a grace to be able to give and to receive. And we're going to kind of get another glimpse of that as we talk about manna. Uh, Verse 8. I speak not by commandment, but I'm testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. See, not by commandment. This is not a law. And so know that, right? If you go here and you're just like, you're just not there yet. God hasn't done that in you. Um, that's fine, right? Like, that's fine. Wherever you're at, that's where you're at, you know? It's not a commandment. It's an opportunity. But it's not a commandment. But it is a, it is a sign of what you love to a certain extent, right? Right? Where you're, what you love you invest in. Whatever that is. Everybody's got like a thing, right? A hobby, a this, a that, you know? They're you like, and, and you go, Oh, that's such a great deal. You're like, it's $600. Is it a great deal? <laughs> it's a great deal. If this is something you want to invest in, because if it was like to fix the air conditioner, it would be bummed, right? Ugh, $600. Well, you thought that was a good deal for new mountain bike wheels. You know, I didn't buy them. Okay. I just, that is not, that's expensive. All right. Just try, but but whatever it is, you're like, oh, yeah, I could see that. No, that makes sense, you know. We're going to get into this next week again. Second Corinthians uh, chapter 9 will be in. Uh, that, but that's where he says, so let each one of us give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Actually, before that, it talks about if you sow reapingly or, or if, you, if you sow sparingly sorry you will reap sparingly right so if you get if you don't do much you don't get much right if you if you like throw out a handful of seeds and go i think this will be our best crop ever that would absolutely not be the case because you didn't sow anything right okay so then reaping anyway it's all proportionate to a certain extent but the the key here again is do let so let each one give as he purposes in his heart that's the whole plan thing where you're talking to God and you know what you're supposed to do and you do it, right? Not grudgingly or of necessity. I need to do this. Well, it's between you and God. God loves a cheerful giver. It can be a cheerful giver and you could have, get great joy out of it if you're in the right place. If not, then mm, this is, it's going to end bad. Because you're going to not be in the right place for it. Again, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich... Yet for your sakes, he became poor, that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Um, The best thing about Christianity, we're never like, just figure it out on your own. We always have an example, and his name is Jesus. Who wants to talk about going from riches to poor? How about heaven to earth? How about earth born in a barn? With the animals lowing. You know, the cattle. Born into poverty. You know, not a lot of money. Mom's a teenager. 
You know, it's not his dad. <laughs> just like, what's going on? And then had a rough life. He worked for a living. He, you know, like son of man didn't have a place to lay his head. He wasn't focused on this kingdom, but on that one. But what he accomplished by doing that was of infinite value, wasn't it? Though he was rich, for yet for your sakes, he became poor. Yet for your sakes. That's, that's like a big thing. Yet for your sakes. The idea for someone else's sake, it's becoming more and more foreign, right? It's something I, we, we're trying to do. That's the whole Operation Christmas Child thing. It's raising kids. They just naturally want things for themselves. And so you, you want to help them give up them opportunities to bless other people, to be part of thinking about you get nothing out of this in and of itself. Just know that it's the right thing and it's a good thing to do. And then there's a blessing that comes with it, but you don't even really do it for the blessing. You do it because it's what you're supposed to, it's what you're called to do. It's like a good thing to do. And, and because God has, has done this in you. And then when they have these opportunities, you Lift him up and said, that was awesome. Good job. Way to go. Thank you. And again, I'd like to say, thank you for supporting this church, by the way. Those of you, man, it's huge. Thank you. I, this would be really hard if I had to work another full-time job. <laughs> really hard. It'd be, it'd be very hard. And, and this facility, we you know if we're tearing down and setting up every week, we could do it. It'd be hard. Thank God for this place, right? It's safe. It's comfortable. It's like, you know, we can do stuff here and, and, and God's used it. And we're thankful and blessed by that. But it's opportunities to do this, right? Jesus did that because he, it was for our sakes. He became poor that through his poverty, uh, might, we might become rich. Gives us the opportunity through what he did. There's nothing he's asked us to do that he didn't do tenfold. Okay? You're like, God, you just don't understand Jesus. He's like, I think I understand. I think I do know about losing some investment. Verse 10. And in this I give advice. It is to your advantage not only to be doing what you began and were desiring to do a year ago, but now you must also complete it complete the doing of it, uh, that as there were, was a readiness to desire it. So there also may be a completion of what you have for it. If there is a first, a willing mind, it is accepted, uh, according to what one has and not according to what one, what he does not have. Basically what he's saying here is you guys, you guys were pumped on this like a year ago and you made some commitments and you said, we're doing it and we're charging it and you never did it. <laughs> so he basically like, it's to your advantage. Don't just desire to do it, but to back up what you do in general, follow through. Yeah. A lot of, you know, it's easy to have a lot of ideas, but to actually put them into practice. That's a whole nother thing. I use the example Youth ministry, we, we would have our meetings, and I, as a young youth leader, I was ready to change the world, you know, and, and to think of something really creative. And so, hey, what are some ideas for events? What if we did this? And I'm like thinking, that's kind of a good idea. 
maybe, you know, everybody will think, wow, what a good idea this guy has. And, and uh, the youth pastor would say, great, you're going to do it. Oh, no, I didn't, I didn't want to do it. I wanted someone else to do it. And I want everyone to know that I had the good idea. But to do it would be a whole other thing, wouldn't it? That would be a lot of work and eh, I don't know. So what we learned was in these meetings, and you'd see a new youth leader come in, they'd have an idea, and you go, mm-hmm. You don't know what's coming next. You're going to be asked to do this event. And then, you, you know, but you learn to, hey, if this is something I really want to do, I'll say it, but I've got to want to do it. It's got to be something that I, I am actually going to do. Because there will be someone that's going to say, what about that thing you said you wanted to do? Did you do it? Is it happening? Can it, are, are we in process? What's going on? So it kind of gives you that perspective. It's easy also to like make promises and declarations and, and uh, dare I say resolutions, New Year's resolutions, you know, where you go, I'm going to do this. And then you don't do it. You know? That's one thing my parents were really big about, my dad especially. If we play Monopoly, we're finishing it. Ugh. You want to play Monopoly? Great. Let's clear out 15 hours. Bring, out a, bring in a box of tissues, something to punch, and we're playing till it's done. You signed up for baseball, you're playing all season. That's it. I'm grateful for that, though, right? To be like, you got to stick through it. You've got to finish this. I know you don't want to finish it. You have to. You've got to do it. Because there's something about saying you're going to do something and then following through with it. And it be, when you become used to not doing that, it's like... Your word doesn't mean anything anymore. And you don't even think it means anything. Oh, I said I'd do it. Didn't mean I will. Let's do lunch sometime. But did you really mean that? Oh, I don't know. Great theologian, Lightning McQueen uh, from Cars, promised his friend Mater a helicopter ride. And uh, then was said, hey, you know, if you promise that to him, he like believes you're going to do it. They, he did it. So anyway, spoiler alert, that movie is like 20 years old. But anyway, a, a desire is good, but without following through, we, we just really don't accomplish anything. Our, our ideas and visions become less and less powerful and useful. Following through is important, especially we live in a world of just promises. Everyone's making promises. I'm going to do this, do that. We'll do this. We'll do that. We'll change this. We'll change that, you know. Uh, Barclay had a quote, said the tragedy of life so often is not that we have no high impulses, but that we fail to turn them into actions. It's not that for a lack of ideas, it's the lack of the ability to follow through, to do what God has called you to do. Verse, uh, oh, and then, yeah, it all talks about in verse 12, for if there first a willing mind, it is accepted uh, according to what one has and not according to what he does not have. There's a principle too of if you've been blessed a lot, you know, bless. The whole like hoarder and like what, how much is enough? There is no such thing as enough. Like you never get there. But if you've been blessed, then bless. If you have less, then you not you don't need to give everything. You know, it just depends on where you're at. And so, again, that's between you and Lord. Anyway, that's that's just in the text. So there you go. Verse thirteen. For I do not mean uh, that others should be eased and you burdened. 
but by an equality that now at this time your abundance may supply their lack, that their uh, abundance may also supply your lack, that there may be equality as it is written. He who gathered much had nothing left over. He who gathered little had no lack. Uh, To be clear, we are not speaking about socialism or communism here. Where, oh, how much do you make? Bring it, okay, bring it down. Then we're going to, you know, bring these people back up. That's not what it is. It's not saying that, that there shouldn't even be classes in a sense, right? Some people, that's just their gift. They, they're good at it and they work hard and there's value to that. What this is, so it's saying like, it doesn't mean that, that others should be eased and you burdened to hold everyone up with you. That's not the call. But that, uh, and by inequality, verse 14 Time of your abundance, you may supply their lack. What is lack? If someone's starving to death, help them. If there's need, help it. Find it. Go for it. Do it. God will bless you. He will honor that. He will meet you there. And, and I like that it says, and that their abundance also may supply your lack. Have you ever had the opportunity where someone blessed you and hooked you up in a season that was really, really rough, and then you had the opportunity to bless them in another season? That's pretty cool, right? Like right now, we're doing okay. You're not here. <laughs> this will go a long way with you. And then a little bit further down the road, we're not okay. <laughs> we're kind of stuck. And then somebody comes and does the same thing. It's just, that's where we get to be the body of Christ to help one another. It's not mandated. It's a thing of love. Just that's it. But verse 15 says, as is written, he who gathered much had nothing left over. He who gathered little had no lack. And this is speaking to manna, right? God said, I'll provide for you. I will give you enough food, right? You could do double on Saturday. You know, I mean, uh, for this before the Sabbath, uh, but I, I'll take care of you, but don't take more than you need. You don't need to take, 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 and, and bring it all together. What ended up happening? It'd, it'd rot and get nasty and moldy and just not meant to be right. This is not where it was supposed to be. We're, the idea of hoarding is, is absolutely not biblical. You know, that's like where you're just like, Oh, mine, 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 you know, that you are in bondage. To your riches, if that's where you're at. You're in bondage to it. And there's something about um, when you feel like you're in bondage to something is you got to break it. And be like, no, this is not healthy. This is not good. This is not, you, you know, think about how much more, how much more, how much more. It's not about that. That's hoarding. That's, that's, and, and really what a, what a wasted effort. And what a lot of like, planning and a bunch of like, Oh, I got to find a place now for my room to store my man. so I have more than anyone else. It's like, just don't worry in the morning. There will be more. I'll take care of you. I just love that picture of manna of just, just be with me. I'll take care of the food. You just wake up and it'll be there. Don't worry about it. Don't stress about it. When you start hoarding, eh, this is mine, this is mine, this is mine. Now it becomes a burden to you. The thing you think that is a blessing has become a burden. The show hoarders, that's a burden. Like you have a lot of stuff. But you, you are enslaved to your stuff. You can't sleep in your bed. You can't walk through your kitchen. The stuff is, is now your prison. You're imprisoned by your stuff. So, 
Calvin said this, all that we have is manna. And just as manna, which was hoarded to excess out of the greed or lack of faith, there you go, lack of faith or greed, immediately uh, putrefied, so we should have no doubt that riches which are heaped up at the expense of our brethren are accursed and will soon perish and their owner will be ruined with them. That's a sad story. The idea, though, is just let it go. Trust God. But think, this is the thing. That's why I'm saying, like, this isn't about, this is about us and God, all of us, each one of us, between him and us. Not to be, remember the Corinthians, they were burdened by sin. They were burdened by selfishness. All this stuff was was all on them, and it was heavy, and it was weighing them down. And Paul's like, cut the chains, cut the ropes, cut the, get rid of it. Trust me. But thanks be to God who puts the same earnest care for you into the heart of Titus. For he not only accepted the exhortation, but being more diligent, he went to you on his own accord. Titus wanted to go and speak to him. He wanted to help them. He wanted to help them see it. The cool thing is about those who are liberated and giving is it's a, a twofold blessing. The person who gives is free. And then the giving that he gives sets someone else free. Or is used for the ministry to do more, to be a part of more, you know? That's the cool thing. You go, you get to see more things happen, you know? You see, in a church setting, it's like more people on board. (laughs) More people doing stuff. Youth ministry, all those kind of things. That's like God can do that. And he uses people to do that kind of stuff. And so, there you go. Verse 18, and, and we have set... With him, the brother whose praise is in the gospel throughout all the churches. And not only that, but who was also chosen by the church to travel with us with the gift, which is administered by us to the glory of the Lord himself and to show your ready mind. Avoiding this, that anyone should blame us in this lavish gift, which is administered by us, providing honorable things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. This guy that went with them, he was traveling with them. And it's, there's some transparency here to make sure you know that it, we're not taking this. Uh, you know, the Corinthians were all about like, well, wait a minute, he's probably taking it for himself or, or he's probably manipulating, manipulating this. Or Usually people who think like that are those people, right? <laughs> you think about Judas when he was so bummed about the oil that was, you know, spilled on the floor. We you could have sold that for so much money. We're like, we know you love money, Judas. Like, that's what you care about. So that's what you're freaked out about, right? You know, this is your thing. So the idea is we are above water here. We're being good We're with it. We're not being dishonorable. We're doing what we're supposed to do. And we sent with him our brother whom uh, we have often proved diligent in many things. We don't know who it is. It doesn't say. Not important, right? If it, if it was important, it would say it. <laughs> Whom we've often proved diligent in many things, but now much more diligent because of the great confidence uh, which we have in you. Like, believing that God's going to do something in you guys. And you're going to be able to see this for yourselves and and be free. Um, If anyone inquires about Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker concerning you. Or if uh, our brethren are inquired about, they are messengers of the church, the glory of Christ. Therefore, show to them and before the churches the proof of your love and of our boasting on your behalf. He's like saying, 
show off for us. We've been talking about you guys and all the good potential and all the good things that, that are going on and happening, even in the midst of all the other stuff. But we believe you're going to do what you're supposed to do and that God's going to be honored in this because we've been through this before. That's the whole like promise thing. And that's the whole, you know, first Corinthians 16, where he's like trying to gather together. I believe you're going to do what you've been called to do and you're going to have victory in this. You know, the saying, there's the saying, more money, more problems, right? It, it's, it's true, right? It can be. Just, you've heard it said, money is the root of all evil. It's the love of money is the root of all evil. Money's not bad in and of itself. It's a good thing. It's a blessing. It's to be used. If you've been blessed, praise God. That's awesome. That is, that is a gift, and it's a, it, it is something that he's given you. Do you think about that? That's actually a gift where someone has the ability to do that. Some people are like, I don't know. I just never really thought about it. And I thought, well, if, what if I invested in that company, and it worked really well, and then I invested in some more. And yeah, I, and now I own like 25 businesses. You're like, what? Who does that? You're like, well, yeah, I didn't even graduate high school, but I just kind of had like a, you know, felt like it was a good choice. And and um, I always kind of got this kind of stuff. You're like, that's a gift, you know? Like there's, there's some people who have just been given these minds that think this way, and, and that's not bad. So if you're on the, other, on the wealthy side, there's nothing wrong with that. If you're on the other side, there's nothing wrong with that either. There might be something wrong with both sides, where you spend your money, how you spend your money. If you, if you can put it into a budget, if you're always broke, if you're living off credit, that's, that's kind of gets a little tricky and that's between you and the Lord, but maybe there's stuff where you can grow and there's resources for that for sure with those Dave Ramsey books. And, and there's opportunities to learn how to be within your means. And, and we all struggle in one way or another, right? But it's not about if you have or have not. It's about who is your God. And if it's money, then that's a very bad God. And, and we know this by history has repeated itself over and over again. People with a lot of money are not happy all the time. A lot of times they actually go crazy. And... More, many, many times it's led to the most affluent people taking their own lives even. How can this be? You have everything that everyone wants because it's not a good God. But it can be used for good if it's under God's reign, under God's rule, under his leadership guidance, all those things. So it's not, like I said, it's not a guilt. This is between you and the Lord. It's in the text for a good reason, though. This is here for a good reason. This is a heart thing. And it's all a heart thing. And so when we look at these, you know, especially through Corinthians, Paul's picking on each little thing because he's like, this is bondage. You can't see it's bondage, but it is. And once you're free, you will know it was bondage. It will be obvious. Right now, you're just kind of used to it. You didn't even know that it's bondage. Like once it's gone... Trust me, you'll know that was not a good thing for you. That was not helping you. You know that. It'll be obvious. But right now I've got to show you, this is not healthy. This is not where you belong. There is better things for you. And as you do those and you experience that freedom, 
we will all be blessed. We will all grow. We will all benefit from this together. So that's second Corinthians chapter eight. We'll get into it more next week. And it's even a little bit more, um, uh, I'll know if you guys show up next week, then it's, it, then it went well. If you don't, then I'll see you in two weeks where we will not be talking about that anymore. No, the, I, like I said, I don't like, we don't, you know, if you've been here, we don't bring this. It's not about that. I, I trust the Lord and he has been so faithful. We trust the Lord as a church, as a staff. It, God does it. He does it. He's faithful. And so it's not like a weird thing. And like I said, there's no second anything. It's, it's just all about freedom between you and the Lord. Go talk to him and, and be real with it and recognize and be honest with yourself. Is money a, a God to you? And, and personally, like sometimes I'm like, in some way I could see that in certain ways in my own life. Where you're like, yeah, that's you, you're, you are being greedy there or you're holding, you know what I'm saying? Like it's there. We're all there. So just letting him have that full reign and, and really, not stopping the growth from happening in us individually, personally. And as a church, we want to be strong together. We want to be unified together. And, and we want as many ropes removed from the building as possible. <laughs> so let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word this morning and um, for the truth that's in it. Lord, that you are 